Hey guys, quick announcement. You're getting two episodes today. Chad and I had two friends that we love a lot that we uh, we wanted to put in front of you guys. A, because we love talking to them and B, because they both have recently made something great. Uh, so we have David Huntsberger uh, on this episode and we have Bill Squire on the other episode. They're both fantastic. Enjoy two episodes this Monday. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, how are you? Are you doing great? I sure hope so. Listen, we're going to get right to it. Across from me, as always, is Cyrus Amundsen. Hello, I have nothing clever to say because someone I love is here. Introduce him. Ladies and gentlemen that are listening to the show, he is a returning guest. He is a great friend of mine, an okay friend of size. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> all right. Um, listen, love him to death. Happy to have him back. It's David Huntsberger. Hello. Hello, fellas. I love you both so much. It's great to be back. Wow. But but Thank not you. equally, he was thinking. We don't need to get that. into that. We know who's known who longer. This is not an important part. What's important for the people, and Chad and I are trending towards video because, you know, we want to be part of the content world from four years ago. But right now we're an audio program. <laughs> and the people who cannot see David, he has the most sexually attractive Zoom window on our show, I mean, we're Chad and I show up dressed like we're about to rake leaves uh, to afford soup that we're gonna like spill on ourselves. We are, and you, your background is a wood shop. It's a, it's a shopish area. Mm-hmm. You look, you have a beanie. You're rugged. Your face hair is on point. And I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but this is we. <laughs> Look at Chad and I's ceilings. We're garbage. You, you look great. You guys do have kind of a hotel ballroom uh, <laughs> panel ceiling, whereas, you know, I've got the... This is... A, I look so much more Minnesota than you guys. I was having internet problems, so I'm on my phone instead of my computer. Normally, this is a gorgeous setup. I have posters on the back wall, actually one that you drew, Dave. Nice. And... Uh, and so, but you can't see any of that because I'm leveled up, I think, to my to my ceiling panels that still have asbestos in them, I'm guessing. <laughs> and so that's kind of how I roll here. Dave does right now look like he, he, he'd he say something like, 
I don't even know how to play the guitar. And then you handed him one and he just started <laughs> ripping away at it. He started playing both parts, the rhythm and the lead with, you know, where you don't even strum the guitar. You're just like hitting it with your fingertips. And then he goes into a very, a very loving slow song. He looks like, and I think this is the highest compliment I can give. He looks like the sort of man who is driving a truck in one of those truck commercials where he starts near the ocean and ends near the snowy mountains. That's the sort of... <laughs> this is the only podcast to ever do. Just come in and get unlimited compliments. People just searching their brain for the nicest thing they can say. What a beauty. It's, I mean, it's you are neutral or multiple site truck handsome right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> multiple sites I hate this the most because because here here we are spilling compliments one over the other and uh I'm known at Dave's house as Uncle Tits that's true <laughs> so now granted I'm the one that asked for that nickname it stuck immediately we though were, you know sometimes people will throw up, what, yeah. what if he, what if the boy called me this yeah no and then we both were in agreement immediately like oh yeah that's that seems like you're born with that name. Yeah, I just was like, how about Uncle Tits? And then I forgot about it. And then we were all in person, live in person at a park near Los Angeles. And then um, someone just goes, hey, go give Uncle Tits a hug. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We we did agree on that. Damn it. Yeah. But you both look great. Thank you. That's, that's nice a, to say. That's a tough sentence to hear in a park if you're just with your family, not connected to you guys. You're just <laughs> right, like yeah. wiping some spit up off your baby, and you just go, go, go give Uncle Tits a hug. You're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Right. <laughs> so what, what have you been up to, Dave? Oh, uh, making a lot of stuff out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> yep, nice. No, I, I'm always fighting to be considered a hipster, and I, I don't know if that term's even relevant anymore. I know there was a period where there was like a lot of backlash against that, you know, of being a hipster and having elite, elitist uh, taste in anything, music, coffee. Sure. Uh, I like things that are handmade. I think I'm, I'm, I'm just not hip, but I am a hipster. You know, I, I like things. Oh, what's that? Where's that from? Mm, gross. You know, I'll, I'll kind of be that way. <laughs> and so I've gotten really into just finding old garbage and fixing it up. Love stainless steel, love old pans, love cleaning things in vinegar. I'm real into that suddenly. Uh, got some hand Like a whiteboard? Planes. I got a whiteboard that uh, was, was free because it was so trashed out. And then I found this, tons of blogs to find, but there's so many of them, they become white noise for a whiteboard. And then uh, you got to really dig. A lot of them are just people on YouTube going, I tried this cleaner and this cleaner, and this is what worked. And it's all kind of the same three things. People try alcohol, they try nail polish remover, and they try like some sort of sponge. What it is is toothpaste. Get yourself some toothpaste. Tooth? And you need it yes. with, with like peroxide in it. So Arm & Hammer does a good one. Rub that on your board. Let it sit a bit. And then you'll feel differently about your teeth. You're like, why do people even need teeth whitener? You just got to walk around with your mouth open with toothpaste stuck to your teeth for like a couple hours. And just don't talk to anyone. It's kind of sad like that. <laughs> and you have really white teeth. Um, but then that, and then WD-40. You clean off the toothpaste. You put some WD-40 on it. You rub it in a few, like you got to take like a day. Give it a, a coat every few hours. And then it's fixed. That was a real. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote uh, flagpole the song flagpole Sitta here. 
That happens uh, a lot on this show. If if you're bored, then you're boring. <laughs> because if you've ever said, "I'm there's nothing to do," and Agreed. Dave is just collecting a whiteboard off of Craigslist <laughs> and figuring out how to get peroxide toothpaste and WD-40 to clean it off. I mean, come on. Oh, There's man. always something. To There's all yeah, I got a router and and in doing so, my life mate was like, you got to sell your other one, which was kind of cheap and not so Time safe. out. Router, are you talking internet or are oh, you sorry. talking wood, wood woodworking? Woodworking. Yeah, spinning okay, bits. Okay. Yep. And uh, so I sold my other one that had been trusty. I'd made a lot of stuff with it, but it was, it was only like five-eighths horsepower. I mean, come on. This new one's one and a half. It's a beast. It's got a little light yeah. that shines Jesus. on what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. It's a pro. But you get old electronic <laughs> items. You know what happens? Power tools? The damn carbon brushes wear out. Well, hell. Then you got to go <laughs> Tell around. Tell me about it, dude. You feel like a maniac. You go into p- any parts store and you have these little tiny, they look like just pieces of charcoal. You're like, do you sell these? No one does because they want you to buy new parts. So then you're on like the Granger parts site where you have to like know <laughs> the manufacturer's number and you got to measure stuff. Part by, numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to have millimeters down and you got to know the spring length and the leads and it gets a little much. But then I'd given up on that. I was like, all right, I'm sick of chasing these carbon brushes around. There's this plate <laughs> that had gotten sucked in to the inside of the spinny router on the commutator, they call it. That's the middle part, like the electromagnet. Of course it's called that. I'm with tweezers pulling this little plate out, this lead essentially. Operation. I, yeah. And man, you fix that, put the brushes back in, plug it in, wait. Pull that trigger, zoom! It's a good feeling. It's pretty good. What a journey this first part has been. You started with, I'm into woodworking. That was somewhere in your open, and I, I had a very firm vision of that. And you swooned down into what felt like Raccoon King, guy <laughs> who is collecting treasures from who knows where. And you ended Dave, kind of, Dave he was saying raccoon. Just we so you know. get it. And... <laughs> Ended uh, with kind of this like new age Tim the Tool Man, you know. Yeah, that was fun. You that's so there's a lot of different things going on here. And then, yeah, thanks, man. As somebody who collects trash constantly, uh-huh. I uh, recently have acquired a fair amount of garbage. Uh, from a store that Jenna didn't want me to have, like thrift stores, things like that. Mm-hmm. Is your are you more into the idea of taking something that's awful and making it, you know, restoring to what it is? Is that the thing that gets you, or is it the uniqueness of the item? It's it's all of it. And to go back to the router thing, it's a woodworking tool. So it did kind of come all the way back around to woodworking. That's true. Yeah. And I always get made fun of by this person I live with, who I raise a child with. That uh, <laughs> a tool is never mine until I've like disassembled it. And so if I start a project, the first thing I have to do, always something breaks. I go to put like my circular saw on a piece of wood and just, damn it. So then I'm like taking the whole thing apart and rewiring the switch. And, and then, but then I know it. Then I feel like I know, okay, you know, I know this item. I like, especially with wood stuff, I found a bunch of stuff just on the curb looks awful. If it's interacted with a cat too much, I won't touch it. But if it 
just uh, if it's just dirty, <laughs> dusty, spills all over it, stains. I uh, I love taking it apart because you'll find like old square nails, like hand forged nails and stuff. And then a lot of times you can find out like, oh, this is why it's broken. So it's a, it's a study in what was someone's mind doing to make this? What did they think structurally it needed? How can I replace that? And I just feel gross buying anything new. There's plenty of stuff on the planet. There's plenty of stuff. And most of it that was made long this ago is, is way better. This is where you and I disagree. I mean, we disagree on other things, but so if I would have a router that I wasn't exactly sure what was happening, I'd take it apart and like, like you, I'd take it apart. I'd look at what potentially was wrong. Then I would throw it away in a, <laughs> probably a body of water. I would also go to Home Depot. I would find two more of the same brand, buy those with gift cards. I'd throw those in the water just to be like, just to make a point. Like, listen here, you fucking this brand, you suck. And then I'd go get another brand or hire someone else to do my my work. Yeah, I mean, we're so that's slightly how I, different in that. That's how regard. I like to do things. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, just barely, but there are some nuanced differences. <laughs> I When I'm in the throes of it, I feel insane. I feel like someone <laughs> on speed or meth that's just relentlessly cleaning and like, stop doing this. You need to do other things in your life. Get Move on. <laughs> But then I'm like, well, if I factor in how much time it would take me to drive over there and park, and this is actually a say, I'm saving time. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Sorry, Sai, I kind of interrupted you. Sorry, buddy. No, I had nothing to add. In fact, I was just opening myself up to um, scrutiny. So I, well, I will just continue. <laughs> you've you've always, Dave, you've always been um, kind of a do-it-yourself uh, guy. I mean, one of the most fascinating things. So I, I own a belt that you made, and it's going to last hundreds of years after I'm dead. I mean, it's just that that well-made. And and I, one of the most fascinating things is you you put yourself through college by shoeing horses. I mean, we I think we talked about that last time, but and you were also in the rodeo. So I know you had a, a story about the rodeo. I would like to hear it. Sure. Yeah. I uh, rodeo similar to comedy. It was a good start. You every weekend is a different place. So and and they broke up Nevada into two parts: the north and the south. And you go to the state finals where those two factor factions would compete against each other. And I never got my teammate and I, when I was a junior, we qualified for the state finals and I didn't get to go, which sucked. Was your teammate, teammate a horse? Teammate. Yeah. A, horse? T- a team roper. I, I scooped up the heels. I was a healer. That's there's that's where the action. We're going to need we're going to need a pretty thorough <laughs> and not just for our dumb brains, but I think for everybody at home, let's really quickly recap what it means to do competitive rodeo and who's involved in it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, it's there's, I mean, if you've been to the rodeo at all, or mostly it was just, just picture yeah. any activity where people are like, I bet I can stay on that thing longer than you. Or I, you know, if you're a lot yeah. of it starts from, <laughs> if you're like, <laughs> if you're sorting cattle, either to ship them or doctor them or something, then that became an activity. There's cutting horse events where I, I'm going to train this horse to like, cut a single cow out of the herd and just be a soccer goalie against it and not let it get back to the herd. And that's judged. I was more into, uh, so if, you know, if you have a herd of cattle and one has like pink eye, then you'd run out there and throw a rope around its neck and your partner might come along. Butterfly kiss it. (laughs) You know what the old cowboy thing to do was, uh, cut the, you'd have pockets off of like old wranglers and then you'd have a glue stick and you just, you rope them, tie them down, 
and then you open their eye up and herefords get it a lot i don't know why oh. maybe because they have like white fur around their eyes but they would get pink eye all the time you open their eyelid and this this like talc poof, poof, right onto the eyeball poof oh. you just like baby powder their eye then you oh. take the glue stick and go around and around the eyeball and place the pocket of your jeans over it and by the time the glue wore off, the pocket would fall off and their eye would be cured. They wouldn't have pink eye anymore. And uh, so if you imagine wow. that starting of like, hey, that one has pink eye, let's go get it. I'll rope the head. You come along while it's kind of figuring out what's going on and rope its hind legs and then wrap that around your horn on your saddle and kind of back your horse up. And then we'll have it kind of stretched and we can work on it where it can't gore us. And then imagine people seeing that and like, I can do that faster than you. And it becomes an activity where you you go into a shoot and there's one person on either side and there's a steer in the middle. And then you do like a head nod, like a cool, like like a Pee Wee Herman. You know, when he gets up there and he's going to like do the dance and just gives that like subtle, you give a little head nod, shoot opens, steer flies out, header comes. My guy, Kyle, the best big Indian dude played uh, football with him as well. And uh, he would go rope the head, and then I'd swing in there and rope the hind legs. And uh, when I was a sophomore, I think, yeah, I was 16. I took the SATs or the ACT prep or something at like 10 a.m. There's a rodeo that day at maybe 2 or 3 in the afternoon in Fallon, Nevada. How many people were headed to the rodeo after the ACT <laughs> prep? It couldn't have I'm, been a I'm lot. I'm assuming you you were the only one. Is that right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think it was just me. <laughs> Anyone need a ride to the rodeo? To the high school rodeo? <laughs> That's the safest fucking question anyone's ever asked. <laughs> yeah, so I no I I stand there a while just kind of looking around the room. Anyone? Any barrel racers, pole benders of the like? No one? Any bull riders even? No? You're, they're all little and wiry. I can fit like 10 of you in. Come on. And uh, no takers. So I go, I, I, had, I think I had to drive home and I was using maybe my mom's pickup truck. And she at the time had one of those like old school Nokia cell phones. That with like a leather thing. It was huge. It was like they used on Saved by the Bell. The yeah. one you can play Snake on. Oh, even older. Yeah, the, yeah, even older. The yeah. one that Zach ordered pizza on. You could pull yeah. up the antenna and then like this little flap would flap down. So yeah. I had that in the car. Like, anything goes wrong, use that. Okay. And then I'm 16. I hook up the horse trailer, load up my horse, and I'm driving out to Fallon, which is like an hour-ish, not even that, 45 minutes. And I'm kind of running late because of the ACTs. And I'm wearing really tight pants. I don't know why I just felt yeah, like... Yeah, you are. Well. <laughs> yeah, you are. I can still are. remember these pants. Like, why on earth did I the think it was like a... The sort of pants that fit perfectly in a truck heading from the oceans to the mountains. <laughs> oh, man. Back then? You, th- you, you think you're going to heal a cow... With uh, without a moose knuckle, right? <laughs> just just rubbing on your saddle horn, please. Yeah, you can't get your hands caught in your jinkos while you're going for your lasso. <laughs> <laughs> no, these things are painted on tight, and it's hot. And uh, I'm I'm driving out there. Got my horse in the back. It's rural. It's open. You know, there's like a, just a gravelly shoulder. And the truck runs out of gas. I don't know if it was the gauge or it was just me being like, I should be fine, which I went through a phase of doing that quite a bit. (laughs) 
And so I, it's real hot, and I just coast over the side, and it's a two-lane highway, and people are just zooming past me. But I'm near one of those, you know, in those rural areas, like off to the side, there will just be like a gigantic, it looks like a lodge, you know, like um, wood round like cedar poles for the railing of a, a front deck kind of thing. Yep. The, yep. So it's that, but it's one of those places where like we sell modular homes or propane tanks or it's it's sort of an industrial thing, but just off on its own. It's the one thing that's there. And I happen to coast and stop right in front of it. So I get out and I'm at first like, should I hitchhike? I'm 16 and I weigh like 120 pounds. <laughs> I don't, maybe, maybe I'll go check and in. You with don't even com- know what you got on the ACTs yet. You yeah. got to at least wait to get murdered before that. I know. I got, I got a lot of uh, threads I need to conclude here. And so <laughs> I look at the phone and of course has no signal. So I walk over to this business and I open the door and kind of peek in. And it's one of those where like, we don't get customers. What are you doing? It's a big trucks drive in here and they give us invoices or like uh Oh, what are they called? Loading sheet or something. Yeah. So they're not expecting me to peek in. And I'm like, hey, uh, I just ran out of gas. You guys don't have, can I use your phone or call? And this lady is just like, uh-uh. I'm like, can I, can I call someone and just let my parents know? I'm, no, you can't come in here. Okay, I'll just be out in front of your business. Just standing there. Okay. So I leave and just go. And then I decide, like, I'm going to do it. I'm kind of half-heartedly hitchhiking. Like, man, this is a weird part of the world. Luckily, it's broad daylight. But this little truck shows up, packed with junk. My kind of guy. So much junk. Cans and stuff in the back of this little, like, um, Nissan pickup truck with a camper shell in the back. The shell is filled to the top with trash. And this old man was so sweet. And he's like, you need some help. And I was like, uh, yeah, I needed some gas. And he goes, this will be my good deed for the day. Get in. And he drove me down the road to the gas station. We get there. Real tight pants, no wallet. I go, oh, even better. I was in such a hurry to change after the ACTs. I have nothing. I have no wallet, money, any. I don't have my driver's license. <laughs> so he's like... Oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll hook you up. This is, again, my good deed for the day. So he gives me like $5 worth of gas. I We go back, load up my truck. He wishes me well, sends me off. Didn't kill me, bless his heart. And I, nice. my horse, I oh, think I took my horse out and just tied him to the trailer on like the safe side of the road. I can't remember, but it was hot. I would have asked the business, hey, can you keep an eye on my horse? But again, they were not nice. So I, uh... I get back in the truck. I drive to the rodeo. And and a friend of mine comes over and is like, you're not going to believe it. They moved the team roping to the end. You're n- you didn't miss it. I'm like two hours late by this point. So I'm like, sweet. Like shotgun my horse out of the back, throw my saddle on, race over. And I was, <laughs> this is such a dumb term. I'm sure they've changed it in the ensuing years. Um, but at the time, you were just referred to as open. Oh, I'm open which meant like, I'll just rope with anybody. So you just show up and get in the box and you look over like, who's going to be doing the Pee Wee Herman head nod? It's just a stranger. We've never practiced together. I've driven all this way to just rope with this person I've never seen. So you get in the box. Hey man, how's it going? They do the Pee Wee nod, race out. He throws his loop. It's an illegal head catch. So I see it. So I kind of, ah, I kind of check up like, ah, we're disqualified. This brings a lot of things into question. Some people would say, you just charge ahead. It's on the ref to call a foul. You don't, you got to just do your thing. I'm at the time like, well, this is dishonest. So I throw my shot. I catch one leg, but I don't dally it up to the horn. I'm like, what are we even doing? So, wait, so I kind of let it go. And he sees this. He's furious. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, the, the, you know, the, 
So then we end up like, like <laughs> zooming around the arena. <laughs> it's just like hauling the steer around like full speed. And I'm just like doing my best to try to get a second shot. And then I do and I miss. And then the ref, of course, comes over and is like, that's bad. But the guy was just so incensed with me. So in short, I didn't do, I didn't get a full ride to Yale because of my ACTs. I did get to the rodeo. We did not win any money or succeed in any way. The idea that open is a rodeo term. Yeah, isn't that great? Oh, if I could, if I could marry that concept, I would. And I'm an open header. Hey, I, I'm looking for a healer. I'm an open header. Anybody? Any takers hey, out y'all, there? I'm going to need someone to come on over here and heal me. I am open. All takers. That's great. <laughs> I will throw with anybody. You just eye contact with one dude, anybody. <laughs> well, and then later that year, I did do that. And me and this kid, we ended up getting like third place. And so then then it was like our parents doing an arranged marriage. Maybe these kids should rope together all year. We're both sort of, we're both sophomores <laughs> in high school. Oh, okay. We probably said nine words to each other and we never did well again. We went to like three or four more rodeos. I don't think we ever caught anything again, but that first one was magic. I thought for sure that you were going to say when you when you got there that you couldn't rope because your horse was so tired from running the whole way because you forgot to put him back in the trailer. <laughs> no. One time, though, he was so juiced up, we'd branded some calves in the morning and then put him in the trailer, driven to a junior rodeo. This is where, like, 10- and 12-year-olds are competing. And I was going to rope, and, he, and we just, like, Again, threw him out of the trailer, ran over there. Go go catch this steer. And like midway down the arena, down the track, I just feel like something feels weird. And next and I didn't realize he was bucking so hard. We had video of it where like his heels were kicking way up over like my head. He was like fully vertical. <laughs> oh, wow. It was nuts. And uh and then I fell off and that was a wasted day too. So I think if I can share anything, if you're hurrying to rodeo, just take it easy. It might not work out. Yeah, just hey, hey there. If if you've just taken the ACT, this is a public service announcement. If you've just <laughs> taken the ACTs and you're hurrying off to a rodeo, which as you do, make sure you have your wallet. Make sure there's gas in the tank because, um, you know, who knows if somebody's going to throw an illegal headshot? We don't know. We don't know that. <laughs> Doesn't it just seem so strange, though, you, know, you being a parent recently of teenagers, I guess technically still one, of 16 years old, like, here's some livestock and a truck and trailer, just head off. Yeah. Yeah, it seems it seems. And I didn't, I didn't succeed. I really teenagered it. I mean, I, I was not, didn't have my <laughs> stuff together at all. What uh, so you're talking about woodworking earlier? What do you got uh, going on behind you? You got uh, yeah, you're looking at uh, well, I don't know how long you guys have to hear this tale because it is it's in my head lengthy. The process of maybe the story is very short, but in the pandemic, I was running a lot. That was how I like uh, kept my mental health or just you know to get outside a little bit. And remember, there was that period where like I don't know if you should run. You know, they're they're spraying the the streets in Wuhan. We don't know if this thing is like just particles on the sidewalk and you're bringing it home. But I was like, I think that's absurd. That's that's a bridge I won't cross. So I'm I'm going to chance it and just think the sidewalks are safe. So I would go running and uh, 
a few times I would pass this gigantic beam, like 20 feet long, four inches by 13 inches. It was, I think, meant to be an exposed beam in a home. It's a little warped and there's a fairly decent sized crack running through it. And I think they just went like, oh, this, this isn't a showpiece. So they just chucked it on the curb. And so I would run by it all the time and be like, oh, man, the beast. Imagine what I could make with all that. That is an And this is like before wood prices went bananas. So I just already was like, that is unbelievable. Someone's going to come get it. That's a shame. But for weeks it went by. And then I'm starting to look like maybe I can get a chainsaw. Out of nowhere, my mom goes, hey, I have an old chainsaw that my dad gave me. I've been holding on to it for years. I had not brought it up. She just out of nowhere brought, said that. I go, amazing. Wow. So she brings up this chainsaw, and she's gotten it tuned fairly recently. So I know, oh, there's probably that gas is probably old. It's probably bad. So I look on YouTube to a tutorial. Never go with the first tutorial. This guy's like, doesn't matter how bad your gas is. Use this seafoam cleaner, pour it in there. Boom, it'll just clean it out. Run it through there. I have this seafoam additive. So I'm like, I don't need to go buy gas. I have the thing. Great. So I go pour this little bit of seafoam in. Start up the chainsaw. It it runs beautifully for like 15 seconds. And then I suck all that sediment into the carburetor, which is like a little hummingbird. It's tiny on a chainsaw. Yep. And that set in motion like two weeks of running by the beast, going home desperately trying to fix my chainsaw. I'll I'll tackle it again tomorrow. Continuously not having the chainsaw running. At one point, I sprayed some like uh, ether on this little screen. I mean, it's smaller than like a contact lens. And I, when I sprayed it, it flew out of my hand and just into the backyard. And I was like, no! <laughs> so I built a net and like Rick Moranis style was like sifting stuff through this net. Just be like, we don't have anywhere to go. Everyone's just in the house watching Netflix. I, this is something, this is fine. So I'm just in the backyard sifting, looking for this stupid screen. But there's leaf blowers and stuff everywhere in Los Angeles. So I track down a small engine's parts house. I buy a new screen, get the carburetor fixed. I get my chainsaw. (laughs) The beast is still there. Mind you, I'm like waiting sometimes days. At one point, a dog had pooped on the beast. And I was like, okay, no one owns this. No one's coming back for it. It is definitively trash. There's poop on it. (laughs) So I drive over there with this newly fixed chainsaw. And I just wearing a mask for one, like respiratory reasons to the pandemic. And I fire up my chainsaw, but I want to give everyone that might have a claim to it a chance to come get it. So I don't want to just start cutting into their wood and get yelled at by saying, what are you doing? That's my beam. So I just stand there for a while running my chainsaw. Just like <laughs> you're just you're you're like a 21 year old on a crotch rocket at a red light when a group of girls is walking by in a <laughs> bachelorette party. Just yeah. Yep. And man, that that sound you just did was really satisfying because that's it wasn't too high and tinny it wasn't too low and gurgly it was real nice and like a nice idle got the high and the low jet really good on that carburetor so i'm letting i knew it... you were i knew you were coming on today i've been working on it <laughs> just to be clear you're just standing in the street with a chainsaw and a mask on yeah just in a neighborhood w- i don't you haven't it. started yeah okay <laughs> Oh, that man drove over and it's just standing there running a chainsaw in a mask. Yeah, that was me for like probably a good 15 or 20 seconds, which is so much longer than it sounds like to be mm-hmm. doing that. I finally start cutting into it. I've decided I'm going to go eight, six, and six. Two cuts. and But 
going through that much. And the chain, I didn't put a lot of time into sharpening it, which I should have. So it's a little mm-hmm. dull. It's bogging down. I get through one cut, and then I go to do my second cut. The chainsaw dies. So the, the saga <laughs> of the beast like continues. I load up my one piece. I look around. Someone's got to come yell at me. No one does. I leave. I then continue the chainsaw saga. It just kept sucking more junk up into that carburetor because of that stupid uh, move of putting that seafoam thing in. If I had just dumped it out and put in new gas, this story would be over by now. But I finally- Actually, if you just would have asked Sato from Karate Kid 2 to lay underneath the beam during a storm- and Miyagi-san could have come by and just <laughs> one time. There's no way. This thing is enormous. This was like the in, inner core of a giant tree. 20 feet. It's huge. And uh, I finally got back and like got the chains out of work, cut it up, and then I dragged this whole thing home. And then it was just a matter of like <laughs> milling my own lumber. So that like that desk thing you see back there is not only my favorite thing I've probably ever made, but it has no nails or glue in it. It's all joinery. So it's like dovetail and mortise and tenon. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Carving all that stuff took forever. I mean, it was, it was getting to a level, you know, when you're like kind of working on something you're like, okay, I'm ready to be done with this. And then you still have so much longer to go like a long road trip mm-hmm, or something. Yeah. That's kind of how it felt, yeah. but I don't know. It was fun. It was a way to pass the time during such a bizarre period. We'll put it on a picture of it on our Instagram because it is beautiful. Hey, thanks. Yeah, it's it's really great. I mean, your decisions with gasoline throughout <laughs> your life <laughs> suck shit, but your ability to make nice things is great. Thank you. All free. Every single yeah. thing you see there, too. All the wood. The top was free. All the parts of it were just stuff like near a dumpster, like on a curb. It was so strange. And that probably set in motion. In people's houses. In like, you know, places where they don't need them, like near their bed at night when I'm in there with a flashlight. Yeah. They don't need it. Lock your doors if you don't (laughs) want me to think everything's free. Yeah, get better windows that aren't so screwdriverable open. (laughs) Hey, Dave, here's something else that you made on your own. You have a website. With that was now that freeze. That was a segue. You know, we <laughs> dance you. around these segues from time Thank to you. time, but fuck you. That was great. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, people that don't know, there's like a royalty lawsuit going on. If you've ever wondered why some comedians you listen to are off of Spotify or Pandora or whatever, a lot of stuff going on in the business. A lot of, you know, hey, I own this, but this person owns part of this, but then I have to give this to them and this, blah, blah, blah. So you decided to make a website to own all of your stuff. Yeah, I mean, partly take my ball and go home sort of a thing. You know, like, I just don't like how if you make content is the worst word. It's like a wad of nothing. Can it at least be entertainment? I mean, it doesn't have to be art, but for the love of God, does it have to just be, here, I made, ugh content i mean it just if you look at it i guess your eyes saw something something so therefore i made it it just disgusts me so i didn't want to just have to just constantly be churning stuff out to keep up with some weird algorithm i wanted like a little a little store you could come into so that's kind of my website now and then for this new podcast i did that but one because like you're saying the business like i think Eventually, Apple, because they started subscriptions, is going to kind of edge out Patreon and not allow them to have their feeds sure. play on Apple, Apple Podcasts. So then you'll be 
at the mercy of like your feeds will probably have to play on the Patreon app, which isn't that big of a deal. But maybe if you had your own thing, you know, I, I did Professor Blast off. We don't even own the name to that anymore. And that was for a company that paid us nothing. And maybe this gets me in trouble saying publicly, they didn't really pay us a lot. And then later that same company sold for like tens of millions of dollars yeah, it's a weird right. feeling to be like, wait a second, wait. And now it's behind a paywall if I want to go listen right. to Professor Blast yeah. Off. Yeah, so we have no ownership of it whatsoever. So I just wanted to avoid that. Dude. I think some of it's just from kind of bitterness at that, of like having that experience. And like, okay, I had pitched this uh, sketch show I've been making to every network. I, I, fe- I feel genuinely like it was every network. And one of them, the last meetings, was going to take like a month to get back to me. And I said, hey – before we waste each other's time, it's scripted. So just let me know if that's a problem. I get an email back. We love scripted. And do you want to know the excuse they used why they passed on it like three weeks later? Maddening. So I just had had enough. I was like, I was willing to concede a little bit of ownership. But once that was like a no everywhere, I was. I just thought, well, I'll just do it myself then. Mm-hmm. And this idea you're talking about is something that uh... – Chad and I have both been able to be a part of a ton of your friends. I know the very first people who are Professor Blastoff fans, the very first one on the very first podcast, you will very much recognize Tig's voice. Yeah. And it's uh, you you took all these and you've been doing audio sketches, which I love. And uh, you're just running them basically as a podcast. It's you writing these, having your friends be involved, and they're all on your website, right? They're all at the endlessabyss.org. But you can get there from davidhunsberger.com. But yeah. I, I basically built a thing that's – it can be its own website, but it also is kind of like a membership thing. where it's It's essentially a network, but it became a pretty big world. I mean, I did it probably again out of like – kind of feeling slighted of like, can I just own something? And I loved all those old Adam Sandler albums. And I was like, maybe Mm -hmm. I can just make a sketch album. Maybe I can crank out 10. But as I started writing them and like thinking of friends' voices and characters they could play and like reaching out and checking in with everybody, which was one really great to do kind of coming out of the pandemic, just, hey, let's do something fun together. Mm -hmm. Let's say hello. It ended up being like just dozens. It was so many of them where I was doing like one or two a day. And really, I loved it. And so then it just became like this giant world that uh, is a lot of work. But I'm, I, and it's, there's not even on Apple Podcasts a category for sketch. Isn't that weird? It doesn't yeah. even exist. Oh, well, it's, yeah. it's Sandler, Norm MacDonald, and then, you know, yeah. that's kind of it. Yeah, you know? it just felt like yeah. that disappeared. Like Norm MacDonald's Ridiculous is like 20 years old. And that felt like the last one that kind of got everyone's attention. And we all liked so much. And, as I was writing them, I was thinking too, like that muscle, all those people had to churn out a script by a certain date weekly with immense pressure. You get really good at it, you know, writing mm-hmm. for SNL or something like that of like exercising that muscle. But then they all become celebrities and movie stars and they like leave that muscle behind. And I wish they had like just kept doing this. I think it's so, yeah. so much yeah. more interesting. It was, I, I'm going to do what I do, which is turn everything uh, towards myself because I'm a psycho. But <laughs> I, ha- I have to tell you, so uh, people who listen to the show know, you know, I, I deal with some health shit and they know it was bad for a while. And it's, you know, it's been progressing a little bit in the right direction. But what a lot of people don't know is I couldn't really talk for a while. Like I could, but I couldn't project my voice. So there were a lot of episodes where Chad was taking the lead. I would pipe in. We would have guests. I would jump in a little bit. 
and uh, you know through PT and some other stuff that started getting better one of the first things I did I was able to do when my voice because when you can't project your voice like you can maybe talk and you're down here but you can't get up here and you can't do impressions and you can't do voices and be weird and you asked me to do your thing and I said yes and then I bailed and then I said yes and then I bailed which is pretty on par with me across the board in the last seven years I don't think and you then, bailed you were pretty honest about just being like I, I can't physically speak currently that's a pretty good reason sounds like a bail to me <laughs> <And> so <laughs> sounds pretty Bailey if you ask old chatteroo so, old uncle tits I w- had so much fun doing it and I when I was done I was so proud of it and I was so excited for these to come out and I they you know, we all love each other. You know, Chad and I don't like to define our relationship, but we all <laughs> we all love each other. But I have to like, I don't know how to say this without making you feel weird. I, I love them so much. I'm so I'm so proud of how they turned out for you. Like, I'm so excited. They're fucking great because they are. They're different from anything else out there. Oh, thanks, you know, man. and th- there's kind of a thread that runs through them. And they're just so fucking great. Thanks, it's called The man. Intercept. Intercepts. No, there is a podcast called The Intercept. This is Intercepts plural. And uh, and thanks again. You guys were so uh, kind about big nothingness, which is you know to be expected. But I, I feel like I never would read the comments, but uh, my life mate would be like, oh, you got a really nice one. Or like a lot of people that listen to the Chad and Size podcast found that and really enjoyed it. And so I felt like you guys were the biggest advocates for it, which I really appreciate it because I... I like what you make, too. It was so cool. It was so cool, dude, to have, like, the... Well, if anybody... If you're listening right now and you haven't seen Big Nothingness, I like a good... Hook isn't the right word, because that makes it feel corny. That's kind of like the word content. But I like... (laughs) Right. I I like the idea behind the special, the thing that makes it, if you will, special, so... Well, thanks. Yeah, I completely agree. So, Dave, thanks so much for coming on. I know that Cy, his uh, carbon brush has run out. (laughs) And he needs to go. He needs to you go. You lay one. off me, Uncle Tits. It's <laughs> he. It's wild. We've done so. We did two friends. Two. We Bill Squire, who's fantastic, and you. We recorded you guys back to back. We're gonna put them out on the same day. But we haven't done a guest episode in so long. I forgot how divorced parenty we get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Just like our kid is showing off and doing a great job and we're in the stands like, looks like you put on a few pounds, you fuck. (laughs) Yeah, well, guess what? All his woodworking skills and roping skills are my genetics, you (laughs) pile of shit. (laughs) All right. Dave, thanks a ton for coming on. Uh, Good luck with everything. I can't wait to uh, see the whole finished product and and, uh, everything. So um, It's lengthy. Intercepts. And yeah. you can go, you can get there through davidhuntsberger.com. But how, what's the the whole one? Uh, it it's, will sound so foreign to begin with, but theendlessabyss.org. And again, you can get there through davidhuntsberger.com. Uh, has a membership option. Is there like a term beyond just middle of somewhere, like Uncle Ronnie or something? Is there something maybe shorter than that? I, I can make a code. If people enter it, they'll get 50% off. And like Uncle first Tits. Month free. Uncle Tits. Oh, yeah. Okay. Enter Uncle Tits. 100% Uncle Tits. Yeah. If you want it. So the Uncle membership Tits. is just so I can hopefully start paying like some editors, pay the voice actors a little bit. Because uh, it's just me currently. It's it's a lot. Um, 
but if you want to start a membership, you can listen for free and cancel at any time and enter Uncle Tits at theendlessabyss.org. <laughs> and it's on Apple Podcasts currently, and it'll start showing up other places like Stitcher and Google, et cetera. Uh, but that's it. Scripted sketch comedy. It grows into a, a, a whole weird world. I love it. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you again. And um, I'm going to tell you something that I know you hate. Please say hi to everybody for me. <laughs> you know, I won't. You know, you have a device in your pocket. They'll do that so much faster than I can. I have a rotary phone. You know, know. that. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Please say hi to everybody for me. <laughs> I won't. You know, I won't. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m., so click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work. <laughs>